welcome to the Golfing Mind, the podcast which looks at the game of golf in general, but really the mental game of golf in particular. I guess it's a bit of a specialist podcast, but my great interest in the mental game of golf um, stems from uh, years and years and years of being fascinated by what lies at the heart of true success. And why do winners win? Those two questions sort of fascinated me. So why why do winners win? Now, obviously, we've all got our thoughts on that, and it's probably because they come top in the competition. But why do they become the player or the person that they do? Um, and the other thing is, what is success and what lies at its heart? I spent 20 years um, writing books on that topic, and I still work as a keynote speaker around the world uh, to audiences fundamentally to look at what lies at the heart of motivation. But when it comes to why do winners win, you can discuss this forever. And I have a conviction that um, can best be sort of understood when you look at people of equal ability and then you ask yourself the question, well, why, if they're all equal, um, are some of them just not winning anything and some of them winning a lot. And I played uh, yesterday in a, um, a charity golf day and there was um, a few sort of high rollers there. And one of them was saying to me that they uh, knew this kid and he'd had a scholarship uh, to a university in America, a good school, uh, to play golf. And he, his handicap was around plus four at his home club in uh, the United Kingdom. Um, but he couldn't get on the tour. He couldn't get on the web.com tour. He couldn't get on to the European tour. He just, he wasn't able to, to translate his, his talent into uh, to winning. And the guy said to me, well, why do you think that is? And if there was one short, simple answer and I had discovered it, I would give it to you right now. But there isn't. There's a sort of a number of sort of factors that influence it. But when I get pushed and someone says, well, what do you really think it is? What is it? And I always kind of come down to, to two things. One is um, will to win. Their will to win is so intense that it gets in the way of everything else. It gets in the way of them being good companions, good company, uh, reliable, dependable. Um, you hear stories from many different sports of athletes who have walked away from a 20-year relationship with a coach without even telling the coach because they found someone they thought can help them win again. Um, there are famous examples, and I won't go into the details because it'll just take too long to give the background, <coughs> where... Um, you know, partnerships have been dissolved because one person thought, no, I can't win with this person. So I think there's a, a quality that comes with this will to win, which translates into selfishness. Now, I think some people hide it. Uh, other people don't. Uh, you see it in things like the Tour de France. You hear of some of the cyclists, the, the, the way they would sacrifice other people um, to win. So 
for you and I in our day-to-day -day golf, that's never going to be an issue. We're never going to have to face the reality of never speaking to our friend again because they missed a putt or, um, you know, firing a caddy because we probably don't have one in the first place. But there is the, the other thing about um, uh, what lies at the heart of success that is relevant. And the reason it's relevant is what happened yesterday. I, I noticed something, and I've, it's something I've seen for years. And I mean years and years and years. And I just thought it was funny. But when I thought about it, I thought, aha, it was a, a light bulb moment. So I'm not sure if you saw a flash of light at the moment I had my idea, but it really was quite a revelation. And uh, it was this, you know, I, I get invited to play in golf days quite often and I rarely turn up. I, just, I mean, I'll turn up, but I won't play because it, it takes five hours to play. You're playing with people you don't know and you spend most of the time sort of um, either making polite conversation or being interrogated about some aspect of my work. And, um, but I noticed um, on the tee box, there people would stand up and I watched a few people tee off and I noticed that they take their practice wing and, uh, you know, generally speaking, it's a good looking practice wing. But the swing they use when they hit the ball bears no relation to their practice swing. So the practice swing was full, balanced, free flowing, um, good. Their actual swing can be short, stiff, hit instead of swing, off balance, uh, and you know, in certain countries they may get arrested by the police for assaulting a golf ball. It's just, there is no connection between what they were doing in practice and what they were doing in reality. Now, if you go and look at a professional golf tournament, even at a, a very humble level of a regional professional golf tournament for assistant professionals, what do you see? Well, you'll suddenly see these men and women taking really perfect looking practice swings. And when they step up to hit the ball, that's the same swing they use to hit the ball. And for me, that was a very curious disconnect that the amateur golfer doesn't trust their practice swing enough to use it because when they get to the actual position of a scoring shot, they revert to what they know in the hope they're going to minimize uh, hitting a bad shot. So that is really my thought on that. It's, it's, it's just something... And it goes back to uh, practice putting shots. I mean, I see people take three or four or five practice putting strokes and then they walk up and stab it. Now, I don't believe in taking practice putting strokes. And I think I've talked with this in the past. And if uh, you go in the archives, you'll find one or two putting related. In fact, I did three in a row about putting. And um, my fear with putting is that it's all about feel. That's So therefore, the more practice wings you take, the more you're dissipating your feel, your instinctive, intuitive feel. And uh, curiously, in um, the four ball that I played in, it was with three college friends, and it was a charity day, and one of my friends had uh, entered us as a team. And one of my friends was a sort of self-taught, but a very good-looking golfer. Um, I mean, his golf swing looked good. I can't speak on his handsomeness, but I... He's got a very attractive family and wife, so I'm sure he's a good-looking boy too. Um, but he hadn't played for 18 months. He'd kind of given up golf, which was uh, kind of sad. 
because he loved his golf. Anyhow, what was really interesting was uh, the first six holes, he was playing cross-country hockey. Um, the next six holes, he started playing good. And the last six holes, he carried the team. And what was interesting with him is his practice swing and his actual shot are the same. And I and it comes down to trust. In the Silent Mind Golf uh, philosophy, we talk a great deal about faith. You know, fides, there's a Latin word for it. But by faith, what we're talking about is um, trust, that we trust ourselves. We trust that we can make the shot. And I see this particularly often in chipping. How often do you see someone with a 20-yard wedge shot over a bunker take 15 20 practice swings and then when it comes to the shot it bears no relation to the practice swing because you started getting in the way of the uh, excellence you were trying to achieve so that was really my thought for today is to do your best to trust your practice swing and use the same swing um, when you um, hit the shot the other place you'll sometimes see good shots is in a golf shop in the um, hitting bay, you know, the practice nets, when a professional says, oh, you want to try this club ball? Come over here. And they tape up the face and you stand there, hopefully trying to look like you know what you're doing. And when they watch you, you start swinging a bit more slowly and properly and you hit some good shots and go, I'll buy it. So uh, trust is a huge thing in golf. So if there's uh, any lesson for today, it is exactly uh, trust your swing and not just the swing you um, visualize or imagine, trust the swing you practice with because the practice swing always, always looks a lot better than the uh, actual uh, competitive swing that uh, most amateur golfers take. And that has been my experience over the years anyway um that's it for this week uh, short and sweet as always um if you're interested in learning more about uh, the mental game uh, you can buy my books silent mind golf uh, silent mind putting and golf under pressure which are all available at i would say every good bookshop but that's not true anymore it's mainly i think everyone buys online so there's kindle editions and hardbacks and paperbacks also, there's seagergolf.com, where if you'd like to work with me directly, either online um, or do an online program, let me know. If you're a professional golfer, uh, obviously get in touch with your management company and uh, we can see what we can do. And that's it. Um, well, a few reflections before uh, I go. The major season is upon us. And I think it's going to be a fantastic year for majors. Looking forward to the Open Championship at St. Andrews, the 150th Open. So uh, I'll be doing a program about that shortly. And uh, But until we uh, speak again, uh, play good golf uh, and trust your swing. Trust your swing. Mm -hmm.